Aren't you glad that your Redeemer is alive and well today? He's not in a grave. He's alive. He's sitting at the, on the, at the right hand of the Father. And that's why you have a testimony today. Because the blood of the Lamb has been shed for you and me. That you're not, you're not left on your own to pay that price. But my Savior, my, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, shed his blood to pay the price that had to be paid for the sin in your life. And I'm forever thankful for that. Amen.
God still provides and tell the truth if he's been good to you and raise a shout if he brought you Everything with bread, sing praises. So testify if God still provides and tell the truth if He's been good to you. And raise a shout if He brought you out. Everything with bread, sing Everything with bread, sing praise. Said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. He didn't say everybody that was perfect. He said, let everything that has breath praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords.
is within us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. We love you this morning. Lord, we're not perfect. We admit that we're not perfect. But God, I love you. God, we love you. And we give you praise, honor, and glory. God, you deserve it all. You deserve it all. Everything that is within us, you deserve it all. We hold nothing back. For you are worthy of more than we could ever give. How dare we hold anything back? Oh, worship is not about us. It's not about you. It's about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Worship is not about what you can get or what, what, you, what blessing you want. Worship is about praising the Worship is what he requires. It doesn't matter what you feel like. It doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter what you've done. Worship is what he requires. You deserve it all. Oh, you deserve it all. You deserve it all. You deserve it all. We worship you, my King. I worship you, my King. I worship you, my King.
want to take the next few minutes. I'm not interrupting what's going on. I came expecting this this morning. I've been expecting this since the middle of the week. But I feel like I have a word to share with you as individuals. And and um, this is just to me confirmation of that. But uh, I'm going to do something a little bit different. If you want to sit down for a moment, you can. If you want to stay standing, that's all right, too. Um, but we're not done. I said, we're not done. Holy Ghost is not done. Okay? Um, Jesus. Where's Heidi? Where you at, Heidi? I don't want to embarrass you, but could you come up here for a moment? very good peripheral vision and um, so I was talking with them and I saw you going out the doors and I don't want you to take this personal because it's not personal God used you to show me something but as you went through the door you went I don't know if you I don't know if you were late for something or whatever but you went through the door quickly like going through the door like you know going like that and um I've, I've jumped so far out of line of things I wrote down. <laughs> Holy Spirit said, her feet are heavy, but they were made to dance. shoes what do you what does that have to do with anything well it's funny you would say that <laughs> because the scripture says in Isaiah 61 verse 1 and 3 the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion 
to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. And, and so immediately Wednesday night as I went home and picturing in my mind as I saw you walk out. Again, it wasn't anything that, it's not about you. It was just what God used as an example for me. Like, would you hold those? The Lord brought back to remembrance Exodus chapter 15. Exodus 14 is where they crossed the Red Sea. Exodus 15, it says, As they saw Pharaoh and his 600 chariots be swallowed up by the Red Sea, that Moses began to lead the people in a song. But immediately my, my, my mind went further on down because it says further on down, it says in Exodus 15, 20 and 21, here's what it says. Then the prophetess Miriam, Aaron's sister, which means was also Moses' older sister, took a tambourine in her hand. Thank you for being my helper. <laughs> and all the women came out following her with tambourines and dancing. Now listen, this wasn't like 10 or 12, 20 women get together. They estimate that the people of Israel, when they left Israel, numbered somewhere near 600,000. So it says all the women. Now, I don't know if all the women means, you know, I don't know how many women there were. I mean, but there was a lot. And it says that they came out with their tambourines and dancing. When I was in Israel, my second trip there, I happened to be coming along a street where there was a wedding ceremony afterwards taking place and the women were jumping and dancing and shouting they had tambourines and they were clapping out in public and I just stood there watching that I was like so amazed by that that here they were just openly celebrating something great that had just transpired and it goes on it says this and so that all the women came out and Miriam led them now, it says that she was a prophetess. Some translations say prophet, but it's, in other words, she was, she, God used her to prophetically make declarations, okay? And it says, and Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. He has thrown the horse and rider into the sea. Now, if you go back to the first part of Exodus 15, that, that was almost verbatim the very words that Moses used. But there's something different here because Miriam goes out as a, as a prophetess and she is making the statement, sing to the Lord. It's not, a, it's not an observation, it's not a option, it's a prophetic declaration. Sing to the Lord, he said. For she said, for he is highly exalted He's thrown the horse and the rider into the sea. And this was Miriam operating in her calling. 
This is her operating and exercising. And in that calling, she was a helpmate to her brother. If you don't remember the story of Moses, go back and read it. Miriam was the one, as, as the older daughter, she was the one that put the baby Moses in the basket and took him down to the Nile and watched him go out. God was using her even then as a helpmate to her brother for the calling that she had. And you say, well, Pastor, what's this got to do with anything? Heidi, I'm going to tell you. The first thing the Holy Spirit said to me was that this spirit of heaviness needs to be shaken off individually. Okay? And I'm not saying just you. I'm just saying we. I can't shake it off for you. Your neighbor can't shake it off for you. Your spouse definitely can't shake it off for you. I mean, just go up to your spouse and say, honey, I think you need to shake that off. Yeah, you're going to get shook off what's going to happen. <laughs> and, 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 um, and so I thought that was it. That, I thought that was all of it, that, that God was saying, you tell her that your feet were made to dance before the Lord and rejoice before the Lord. But yesterday morning, about 3 a.m., I was in Biloxi, and I was starting up my, my smokers for a barbecue competition. And as I sat there in the shadow of the flames shooting up on my charcoal, and I just sat there quietly in the darkness and, and just hearing the wind whisper, I heard Holy Spirit speak something more. Because I, I thought that was all that God was saying. I mean, every day, several times a day, your face came to my mind. And I saw those dancing slippers, and I saw that tambourine. And I thought that's all there was to it, that I was going to come to you privately and say that. But, but the um, Holy Spirit began to speak to me about something else. And he said this. He said, I am releasing an anointing of Miriam on her, meaning you, and others that will hear the call. It's a prophetic anointing. You say, what is this about? When did Miriam sing this song? She sang it after the people had already sung, after all of Israel had sung, Moses' song. The song of Moses is what it's called in Scripture. But it was after this incredible event of Pharaoh being destroyed and all of his army by God in the Red Sea. Holy Spirit spoke to me and, and said this. He said, I am releasing even now a Miriam anointing upon you and others in the body of Christ who will receive it, who will heed that call. And, and, and what I want you to understand is that he, he, this was after this great event and Holy Spirit said this to me and I wrote these down yesterday at 3 something in the morning. I was wide awake, believe me. Hadn't had coffee or nothing. Just the Holy Spirit woke me up. And he said, there are coming events that will be of such significance that those with a Miriam anointing will suddenly break out with new songs and dance. And my spirit will be within their midst 
And even then, I will do great and marvelous things that you have yet to see or even imagine. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? See, he says, sing unto the Lord a new song. The new song comes from what the new thing that God is just about is just doing. In fact, in the prophetic, God's saying, you can even do this because you can see it even before it takes place. Even before the Red, before the Red Sea closed, they could have sung it. They sang it after the fact. But we have an understanding in the Word of God that tells us that by faith, we see these things already happening. And there is an anointing there. See, there's, a, there was an, there's an anointing to fight. There's an anointing to battle. There's an anointing to, to do what God called. But there is a, another anointing that comes in the celebration. Can I tell you, did you hear that? There's an anointing that comes in the celebration. And those dancing slippers and that tambourine represents that kind of celebration. Because God is already doing and God is getting ready to do things that are beyond anything that you and I can even fathom in our own minds. And they are worthy of celebrating. I said they're worthy of celebrating. And I'm not talking about a give the Lord a hand clap. Come on now. I'm talking about a get up on your feet and, 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 and begin to shout and begin to give God praise and begin to raise your hands and begin to say, my God is an awesome God. There is no one like him. And then suddenly the words begin to come and the words begin to flow and those words carry an anointing, the anointing that breaks the yoke, the anointing that speaks forth under the unction of the Holy Spirit that goes out. And when it goes out, it goes forth like breaking chains. I said it goes forth breaking chains. And, and those that are out there who are bound right now, see, you see your situation and you know your situation. How many of you have family members that are in bondage right now? Look at that. Three-fourths of the people in here. I'm telling you, it's time to put on those dancing shoes. It's time to get out that tambourine. Yeah. You say, well, I, I can't keep a beat. It ain't got nothing to do with it. It's your song and your dance and your clap. You know, somebody said, well, I don't play an instrument. The Bible says praise him on the five-string instruments. There you go, baby. Five right there. I can do this, and I can do this. And I said, Lord, I praise you, and I thank you for what you're doing in my family. I thank you, God, that even now I see the enemy being swallowed up. I see deliverance. Do you realize there's deliverance? Is anybody understanding what I'm trying to say this morning? Amen. Oh, she cut up my there, there is an anointing and it's here already this morning it's here already this morning so 
see it on many others in here. And there's others. It's being loose throughout the land. It's being loose throughout the land. He said, your feet were not made to be cemented to the floor. They were made to dance before me. Your hands were not made to stick in your pocket. Amen. Like you don't know what to do with them. It says, lift them up. Lift up holy hands to the Lord. And worship him. And praise him. And clap. And listen as you begin to do that. You know what happens? The walls start coming down. Start the enemy. God's yes. taking a sledgehammer. And he's beginning to knock those walls down. And as he's knocking the walls down, you put them slippers on. And you begin to dance. Amen. You begin to move. You tell Pastor, I don't got no move. Well, get up and get some.
so that no one may look at your situation and the event that is about to transpire in it and say that you had something to do with it or that a friend with network or power or connections had anything to do with it. For I have waited until now to reveal myself and when I do it, you are going to be able to see it and everyone with you will say, that is God. And I can tell you this, that when the stone was rolled away and I cried out, Lazarus, come forth. And his body came outbound, standing there at the edge of the grave. And I turned to them and said, loose him. He said, I can tell you that once he was loosed, those women did not sit there and go, well, who would have thought of that? I guarantee you there was a celebration in the house. There was a celebration in the camp. In fact, the scripture says that the word of it traveled quickly to Jerusalem, which was nearby. And the religious leaders and the people thereof heard of the mighty thing that I had already done in the raising up of Lazarus. And my, I, my word has gone forward over years and decades over Lafayette and the surrounding area. And for some of you who have been around long enough, you have said, where is it, God? What's taking so long? Why has it not happened? But I would say unto you, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? And if so, you shall see the miracles come forth. For the time is ripe. I said it is ripe. It is now. It is in a place now that when it takes place, people will say that is God. And there will be an awakening for the word will spread to the other houses in the area and places where they proclaim my name but they do not know me. And they will say, we have heard that over there, there is a God who raises the dead, who heals the sick and delivers the captors and the word will spread. And the Bible says that they came from all around and they made notice of him when he came into the city. Can I tell you that God has his places in this city this is not the only place, but he has those places where his redeemed have been calling on him and they're crying out to me. And God said, I am answering and I am going to do it in such a way. It will be like a flood. It will be like a flood of people who are awakened. There, you, there is an awakening taking place in this moment throughout the land and it is an awakening work of my Holy Spirit and those of my people who hear the call and see it even now for even as the prophet declared I hear the abundance of rain I hear the abundance of rain and there was not even a cloud in the sky when he proclaimed it but he said what he heard there are those right now that if you will release that prophetic word that 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 what I am showing you not what someone else has told you not a word from someone else but that word that you have gained in that private place with me and when you begin to speak it out that word will begin to take place 
for the servant came back and said I don't see a cloud but on the seventh time he came back and said I see a cloud but it's the size of a man's hand it's the size of a man's hand because that cloud can do nothing but in God's hand what God can do he will bring showers and he will bring torrents of his outpouring and his spirit upon the land and upon his church and upon his people and they will be awakened in the nighttime and throughout the daytime they become aware of my presence in the places that they go and all of a sudden divine interventions will begin to take place and and you will speak words that are not of your own understanding but they are flowing out of you by my Holy Spirit and as the Spirit of God speaks through you you will begin to see the miraculous take place and the greatest miracle of all is a life that is transformed by the power of God the greatest miracle there is is those lives that are transformed therefore lift up your heads the spirit will of the Lord would say why is your head downcast why is your look downcast why are you looking so negatively at the things that are transpiring around you do you not realize this is your Lazarus moment this is the moment that I can step in and I can do what only I can do and I guarantee you people will begin to hear it and people will begin to seek it out and they will say do you know where God is and you, their people will say I have heard that he is down the street at Life Church he's down the street at this church he's down over here he is moving he is moving and I promise you that this movement is not a movement that will last three months or six months, a year, or even two years. For this is an end time movement, an outpouring of my spirit. For the rain that shall come in the latter days shall be greater than the rain that came in the former days. And the things that you saw me do before, I will increase and I will do much more and I will use unlikely targets, people that the world looks, even the church looks at and say that they, they cannot be used, but I will use them and I will show forth myself on their behalf not to make them a name but that they might look and say this man is an unlearned man or this woman is an ignorant woman concerning the ways of the world how can this take place well they said the same thing of the disciples when they were brought before them but they made this comment we have taken note that they have been with Jesus father I pray right now in the name of Jesus this word be released into every one of our hearts some of you some of you listen I was going to preach on, on the Holy Spirit this morning but I sense right now there's some of you you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit but you have yet to you have not prayed in a long time in your prayer language and the enemy has tricked you into thinking that that's okay I'm here to tell you it's not and God wants to release that right now inside of you 
He wants to release it inside of you right now. And right where you're at, I want you to forget about the person standing next to you, behind you, in front of you. doesn't matter where they are. I want you to begin to praise Him. And I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. You may have never been baptized in the Holy Ghost. You can do it today because it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit. You just say, Lord, fill me to overflowing. Fill me to overflowing right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift, the Apostle Paul says. Stir it up. Stir it up. Been lying dormant for too long. Stir it up. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. Come on. If you've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you tell Jesus right now, Lord, I'm a candidate. I'm ready to receive. I want everything that you have for me. I'm not holding anything back. God, get everything out that doesn't belong. But I want the Holy Spirit to live and flow and work inside of me. Jesus, Holy Spirit, come. Come on, come on. Holy Spirit, come. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. There's someone here today, maybe more than one, and you're you're looking at a bill that is staring you in the face. And you're looking in your bank account. And it's the equivalent of a little boy with a couple fish and a couple loaves. And your mind is saying, as one of the disciples did, a year's worth of penny, a year's worth of income would not buy enough bread for these people. God said you begin to prophetically declare that which the enemy has stolen will be repaid. There's a thief, there's a thief, there's a thief, and he's stolen what belongs to you. And God said when a thief is found, he has to pay back seven times that which he stole. Father, in the name of Jesus, every obstacle, every thief, every every closed door that the enemy shut that God was meant to be open to bless your people and to meet those needs Father we pray right now for miraculous miraculous provision miracle provision from God miracle provision from God <laughs> you know, I was listening to 
the scripture again in Exodus. And the Bible says, and the night before they crossed over, as they were crossing over, it says the cloud that had led them by day and the fire had been leading from the front, it moved to behind them. And it created a wall separating God's people from Pharaoh's army. And the Bible says it was complete darkness on the enemy's side, but light on God's people's side. And I believe that what's happened for too long is that God's people have been standing in the dark side. But God, right now, as you begin to declare that word, that God, I thank you that, Father, I am rejoicing. I, I do not see the how, the where, whatever, but I see you and all that matters. And God is going to take that which has been in front of me and bring it behind and, and leave the enemy in darkness, but cast light upon you. I believe that God's going to show some of you things that you've not understood. There may be things that you've been doing that have been causing or stopping God from being able to bless you in the way that you want. He's going to bring revelation to that and allow you to make that change. And the enemy won't even know anything about it until after you've already made that change. I'm just telling you, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Some of you are sitting there going, Pastor Bob, I've been hearing it's coming until I can't hear it anymore. I'm just telling you, there's change. Did you know, do you know what Miriam's name means? It means bitterness. Bitterness. Because in the time in Egypt that the Israelites were under the tyranny of Pharaoh and having to make brick and having to work as slaves, bitterness has swept into the people's hearts. And when Miriam was born, Miriam means bitterness. So I thought it was ironic that God takes the person whose name means bitterness to suddenly bring about a dramatic change to where all of a sudden she grabs her tambourine. Now, I don't know how that happened. I have a, a very good imagination, but we're talking about thousands of, of people in camps all around, right? I mean, they're walking, they're up against the Red Sea. They don't know what's going to happen. Pharaoh's army's coming. All of a sudden, God delivers them. They get to the other side. And I don't think they just sat there and said, Whoa, that was something. I mean, they sang this song, the song of Moses, but all of a sudden, Miriam goes, That ain't enough. There ain't, there's something else in my spirit. And she grabs her tambourine. And I, I don't know. I, I see her leaving her camp, Pastor Josh. She just leaves her camp. She's got her tambourine kind of tapping to her side and, and I see a couple other women looking and going where's she going let me find my tambourine and, and I think it's interesting they all had tambourines and, 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 and there's a historical reason for that but 
they all grabbed him one by one. And you know how a crowd gathers a crowd. You know what I'm saying? So all of a sudden she takes off, and here come two or three more, and some others are going, well, I ain't getting left out. I don't know what's going on, but I ain't getting left out. And they grab their tambourines. The next thing you know, I see him down at the sea, at the Red Seashore, and all of a sudden they begin to dance. Those tambourines begin to climb. I, I remember in my early years in the church, we had like people in the church, mainly women in the church, that had like 15 or 18 tambourines. And finally, my pastor passed a law that was only one tambourine allowed at a time because we had 18 of them going at different beats. Yeah, they were just like being Try and play guitar when there's 18 different people on 10, 18 different beats. You know, I mean, Pastor finally said, That's enough of that. But you know what? The next Sunday, there was only one tambourine, and it was like, Who gets it? They, so everybody started coming to church 45, 50 minutes early so they can get the tambourine. And, and they would sit down in front. You could see everybody else behind them kind of boudin. You know, they just, I wanted the tambourine this week. You know, you know three weeks of that, pastor said, okay, go get your tambourines. And when I tell you what, when they went on and grabbed their tambourines, something broke loose in the house. I said, something broke loose in the house. Because see, it wasn't a matter of keeping up with the, the worship team, which was nothing back in those days. A couple of people with a guitar, and they could barely play those, you know. And, and a guy on a bongo, bongo set, that's all we had. You know, what about that? It was the new song that was being released, and it was the, 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 the joy that was being heard and the banging of that tambourine, those cymbals, and the, the timbrels just beginning to shout, and it was like they were prophetically just speaking over God's people. And all of a sudden, the joy of the Lord, man, the joy of the Lord came back into their lives. I'm going to ask a serious question right now. Be, be honest. Be honest. You're in, that, you're in the house of the Lord. How many of you this morning got up? And if you're honest, you really would have rather have stayed home. Thank you for an honest hand. Another one. Another one. Three honest people over here. Okay, now we got four honest people. Anybody else? Anybody else? But you got up. You know what you did by getting up? You went and got your tambourine. Said, no matter how I feel, I'm going to shake it. And I'm going to do it unto the Lord. Now, all you who raised your hand that you didn't want to come this morning, how many glad you did come? Got more hands went up this time. More, more hands. There must be people doing two hands or something. I was like, I got more hands this time. I'm telling you, those of you that know me, I love preaching this word, and I've shared with you God's word. But I am not going to be so regimented that I'm going to miss. Holy Ghost. 
way back from Mississippi last night, Brother Bobby. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. And I had a long time because it took me almost five hours because of all the traffic accidents on the interstate. Three plus hour drive turned into over five hours. And I'm, so rather than getting upset, I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost. And even this morning, I woke up early and, and I thought I was late. And I looked and it was a little before seven. I said, oh, I'm a, I got plenty of time. And, and immediately the enemy come and said, you're going to get up there and make a fool out of yourself because they all going to look at you like you crazy. I said, enemy, you're a liar. I said, I speak the anointing of God in that house this morning. I'm the under-shepherd, but the overseer of that church. God, your word is true and you're not a God who lies. And you began speaking this to me last Wednesday night and all day Thursday and Thursday night, Friday and Friday night, Saturday and Saturday night. Devil, you are a liar. And I am so thankful for a worship team that is sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I told them nothing about what I was going to do or what I was going to say. Or, or anything but it fit and you came in here I said you came in here can I tell you I had a couple things out there when I came in there was just like electricity in this room man there was just like an expectation it made it easy good enough. That's good enough. I just didn't want to have to yell over the worship team. And uh, and uh, so I forgot where I was. Anyway, I came with, with such an expectation and, and, and I was out in the hall taking care of a couple things and I came in and I said, whoo, something's happening in there. I, I didn't get down on that front row my day we used to say you got to get under the spout where the glory runs out <laughs> and if the whole front row was full we'd sit on the floor in front of the front row because we weren't going to get robbed of whatever God had for us and I'm telling you to the Lord a new song. I will sing unto the Lord in all the earth. I will sing unto the Lord a new song. For he is worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Jesus. Come on, team.
There's two things I want to say right now. First one is this. I mentioned earlier that there was a Miriam anointment being poured out. I believe that with all my heart that there are there are women in this place. There are women who are listening by way of the internet. There, there are those who will be coming into this place. Specifically, there's an anointing upon you as you sing and dance and rejoice before God. There are things that are going to be released in the area, in the very presence and the surrounding area. I am not here to call you, but I can tell you this, that your heart must be pure. Your heart must be pure. Even the Bible says that Miriam was a prophetess, and yet at one point she became arrogant. And she said to Moses, she said, are you the only one that God speaks to? Has he not spoken to me and to Aaron? And because of that, she, leprosy came on her. And Aaron had to intercede with Moses. And Moses interceded with God. And Miriam was cured. And I simply point that out because the, the pureness of your heart, you've got you to be on guard. Don't be filled up with pride. Don't, don't let it get there. But learn how to flow in that anointing. I'm telling you, I see it. I see it happening. I see all of a sudden someone just stopping and beginning to dance in the middle of the grocery store. You see, you can either go in there and say, my goodness, the price of this item was $2 cheaper last week. And now it's more expensive. And here comes that heaviness on you. And you can either receive that heaviness or you can begin to rejoice because you know the one who provides all things. And he is your source. I said he is your source. This has not caught him off guard. I literally see times that there will be numbers of individuals just rejoicing and dancing and people will be looking at them saying that's crazy no there's something prophetic in that that's all I'm going to say about that but the second thing is this is for the men in this room I feel the Holy Spirit saying you need to admonish the men in this room that they take up their place as priests in their home and quit allowing their wife to take over concerning spiritual matters that's not to say that they've done wrong but you have been absent in your duties and God is saying I have anointed you as the husband as the head of your house to be the priest in your home Aaron was the high priest he was the priest of, of, of the family of Israel God says you have to take that place. And some would say, well, I'm the head of my house and everybody knows it. I'm not talking about you just being dogmatic about it. I'm talking about the Spirit of the Lord being on you and that your heart is crying out to God and that you're seeking God with all of your heart. That's where God will meet you and that's where God will do amazing things 
back in Vashier, Louisiana. 
were meeting in a house, somebody's house, and um, we had church on Thursday night. We didn't do Wednesday night because the Catholic Church had bingo on Wednesday night, and I wasn't going to fight that dragon. So, you know, it was, it's just, it's an all-Catholic community, and bingo ruled on Wednesday nights. So we had church on Thursday nights. And that night, had two women who came forward and said, would you pray for my husband? Each one of them said the same thing. Would you pray for my husband? He's an alcoholic. He's an abuser. I want him saved. Now, the reason they wanted him saved was not because he was an abuser, even though that was a motivating factor of sure. But they said, he needs Jesus. Would you pray? So a group of people like you, we just got around those two ladies and prayed over them. And I remember I said, Lord, I'd never used this terminology before in prayer. And I said, would you just arrest them right where they are?
He said, because it just starts shaking when he gets back in there. I said, tell him what we prayed tonight. She said, he's not going to believe that. I said, bet he will. She told him, he said, that's the nuttiest thing I ever heard of. She said, get back in the bed. He didn't. He stayed. He went and sat in the chair. I guess he showed up the following week in church on Sunday. The other woman calls me and said, Pastor Bob, when you left church tonight, what were you doing down at, and she named the bar down the street. I said, I wasn't in the bar. I said, are you kidding? I said, I got two little kids, my wife. I'm not in the bar. She said, there's like 10 witnesses down there that say you were. I said, well, tell me what I was doing. Because I wasn't there. She said, Pastor, you shook them up. I said, what do you mean? They said they were all drinking and laughing and cutting up, and you walked through the door of the bar. I said, what I do next? She said, you walked to the far corner table and sat there at that table where you could see everybody. I said, I did? She said, yeah. And I said, what happened? She said, everybody took their drink and kind of put it behind them like that, as if you couldn't see it. I said, well, then what did I do? She said, they said, you just stared at everybody. I said, what did I say? They said, nothing. Said it made them all so nervous they got up and left. And the bartender just kept staring at you. Finally, you just got up and left. She said, tell me you were in that bar. I said, I was not in the bar. Call my wife if you don't believe me. She said, well, who was that? I said, well, there's an ugly angel out there looked just like me. And he went in that bar. And I, she said, why did that happen? I said, what did we do? We prayed. God, arrest them. I mean, you, you don't arrest me. I mean, bring to a sudden stop. They were all laughing and joking and drinking, and all of a sudden they stopped. And, and, and when I walked, they said, you walked in. They just sat there, and they were all nervous. Like, what do I do now? What do I do now? And one by one, they just got up and left. Said, Pastor Bob, you're making that up. God is my witness. I'm not lying to you. I, I've seen God do that so many times, things like that so many times. Get ready. Get ready. Some of you are looking at me. You're visiting here maybe for the first time and you think this preacher has lost it. Well, I'll take these slippers and this tambourine and the work of the Holy Ghost any day of the week. I can craft you a sermon and I can get you a message and you can walk out of here unchanged. But I want you to know that God is alive and he is real and he is working and he will do whatever he will do if we will let him do that very thing. How many of you say amen to that? Now you may be here today and you do not know Jesus in a personal way. I'm telling you, he's a personal God. He'll come and meet you right where you're at, and he will do, he will change your life. I know, I know. Over 52 years ago, he came into my life, and, and it's never been the same. I'm telling you. Holy Ghost, have your way. 
Holy Ghost, have your way. If you have not received Christ, he says you must simply believe that he is the Son of God, that he was, getting, he was born of a virgin, he lived a life without sin, he died on a cross, was buried in a tomb. Three days later, he was raised from the dead. And the Bible says if you believe that in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, you shall be saved. But it's more than just a get out of jail free card. It means turn your life over to God card. That's what it means. He takes the rein. He takes the control. He becomes the driver in your life. And you have to surrender that to him. He's not going to argue with you for it. He's not going to wrestle you for it. He just says, are you ready for me to take over? And if you're here this morning, and you say, Pastor Bob, pray for me. I want to give my life to Christ. I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand so I know who to pray for. Anybody at all? Praise God. All right, then let's just stand together. Let's just stand together. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that your timing is always perfect. And your ways are so unsearchable. But you know where we are. We know you know who we are. situations that we can't even begin to imagine that God so many of them 
dealing with rejection and wanting to end their life. But God, I pray this week would not be a week where lives end, but a place where lives begin. That, Father, your Holy Spirit is poured out on those young men and women as they approach camp. They're going up there expecting a time, a good time, and let them have a good time. Protect them, Lord. But God, do a work in their lives that cannot be denied. That when their parents get them back, they'll look and say, God, what have you done to my child? And God, we're going to rejoice over it. We're going to praise you over it. That God, this is a, a, a divine week that you have appointed for each and every one of them. We give you glory for that. We give you glory for that. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you need special prayer for anything, come. And we'll pastoral team will pray for you. The leadership will pray for you. But otherwise, God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah.